Welcome, Dr. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you today? Your hair looks amazing. Oh, thanks. I'm so happy that you agreed to this and uh, I'm just so glad. Yeah. Um, Dr. Wheeler is my gut health specialist, um, naturopath. I don't know what, if that's specifically your title or if it expands, but I will let you clarify that. Yeah, naturopathic doctor is my formal title. I wouldn't call myself necessarily like a gut health expert, but I feel like gut health in general is an area that naturopathic doctors really shine. So, absolutely. I mean, I was recommended to check out mine um, through a naturopath. So it's uh, yeah. I I think that's kind of the way of the future. And um, despite the fact that insurance isn't. isn't loving that yet and isn't wanting to pay for it. That's for uh, another time. Um, But with that, okay, so I want to just kind of take it back and give everyone an idea of how you got into it. But first, just talk briefly about, you know, childhood and what that was like, um, you know, what, what your parents did, any, any siblings, things like that. Sure, sure. So um, I am also an Arizona native. I believe you grew up here, born and raised as well. So I found that small camp as well. Um, I grew up in Casa Grande, um, which um, I, u- I used to be like really embarrassed to admit that, but I've, I've embraced uh, growing up in a small town um, at this point in my life. There were definitely some, some positives that came out of it. So um, for those listeners that aren't familiar with Casa Grande, it's like halfway between Phoenix and Tucson off of Interstate 10. Um, it was heavily like agricultural based, very rural, especially when I was growing up. It's it's grown up a little in the last couple of decades um, since I left, but um, it's still got small town vibes. Um, my parents actually moved from like the Seattle area down to Casa Grande in the 70s. Um, and, and so they raised me and my brother there. Um, my mom was a nurse. My dad was a uh, guidance counselor for the junior high, which made my junior high years <laughs> even more painful than I think they normally are. Um, but yeah, I had like a really good overall childhood. I was really involved in like 4-H and FFA. I thought I wanted to work with animals um, and then, you know, stopped in college, but we'll get more into that um, when I share more about like how I discovered naturopathic medicine and all of that. Yeah, well, I, it kind of brings me to the next question, but, you know, I don't know if that happened later down the road, but, um, you know, with a lot of people, I'm sure come to you because they have health complications. Um, so, you know, I'm wondering if that was ever prevalent in your world or in your family growing up or, or later that was, you know, maybe everyone saw just a traditional MD. Um, I, so my parents were definitely more of like the conventional medical model. Like my mom, like I said, she was a registered nurse. And so she definitely, you know, fell more into the camp of conventional medicine, that sort of thing. Um, I would say that my parents were probably like a little bit more hippie-ish than like the average parent in Castle Grand when I was growing up. And so like I remember my mom taking me to like Casa Grande only healthcare or like health food store and buying me soy milk as a kid. And instead of drinking like regular milk, but, um, aside from that, it was definitely like, if we were sick, we went to the, the, 
the primary care doctor. Like we didn't go to, we didn't try to do like home treatments or anything like that. So when I told my mom in college that I wanted to become a naturopathic doctor, she um, was a little concerned um, and didn't, <laughs> was like reluctant to be supportive of that decision initially. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like often anytime there's like an unknown with parents, it's like, are you sure? Cause this is not proven yet. We don't know what that's all about and whether it's something with skill with it, like let's say you want to go into acting. It's like, yeah, but you don't really make it it, with anything, you know, parents just want to protect us. But um, I guess before I ask what you, well, no, we can, I I would love for you to define, you know, what it is to be a naturopath, what that, what that really entails, um, you know, from a general perspective. Yeah. So I think first of all, like naturopathic medicine has actually been around for a really long time. Um, And I think for the average American, they've never heard of it. And there's a few, there's very strong historical and political reasons um, why that probably is the case. Basically, naturopathic doctors are experts in using natural therapies to bring about healing and prevention of disease. And I feel like that's really where we shine. Like we are trained to be doctors first, um, but being able to um, expand our um, our options to patients and how we can treat them um, is really kind of what makes us unique in the in the healthcare model. That you made that decision in college. Um, yeah. So that means initially, did you have a different major selected? <laughs> I was all over the place in terms of my major. Um, I was indecisive. Um, eventually I took a human nutritional course, um, and like completely fell in love with nutrition and biochemistry and all of that. I was fascinated by the way that our bodies break down foods to get nutrients and all of that. Um, and so I really thought that I was going to become a registered dietitian or an RD after college and get an internship and, and go that route. Um, but I was working during college at the Tucson heart hospital as a diet aide, and like quickly became like very disillusioned with the unfortunately small role that registered dietitians play in the overall, like conventional healthcare model. Um, and I realized how tied my hands would be, um, throughout that career and like how I would have to stay in a very narrowly defined lane. And like the doctors would probably not know what I was doing and be super on board with it. Um, on what I had observed at the heart hospital. Um, and so I was sort of like, you know what, I can't keep changing my major. I love nutrition. I'll figure out what to do with it eventually. Um, and so around that same time, I started having more of my own gut health issues. And so I went to my primary care doctor, um, she prescribed me an antidepressant and I was like, but I'm not depressed. Like, like that, I don't think that this is like what I need. Um, and so I went home. Yeah. Yeah. So I went home and I started, um, actually just Googling alternative medicine, um, to see what was available, um, and stumbled upon naturopathic medicine. I was like, I don't even know how to pronounce this. What is this? (laughs) Um, and then I like really started researching it more completely fell in love with that approach, um, and that philosophy, um, to health and disease and the human body. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, this is not only what I want to 
like how, who I want to see to like take care of my own health. But like, this is what I want to do as a career. Like, this is how I'm going to bring my background in nutrition into, into a career finally. So that's how it all kind of came to be. So then once you made the decision, um, this is where, this is what I want my career to be. How, what did that pivot look like in terms of like additional time for schooling? Yeah. So, um, I completed my bachelor's degree. Um, I had to tack on a few extra courses. I don't remember exactly how many, but like just whatever the prerequisites were for the, the four-year, um, naturopathic medical program. And then I, applied and fortunately was accepted. And then I enrolled at um, Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine, which I was lucky enough was in Arizona. So I didn't have to move out of state. It's in Tempe. And so I enrolled there the fall after graduating. So I basically went from undergrad straight to, to naturopathic med school and did another four years. And then after that did three years of residency. So it was a lot. So, yeah. So much. So, yeah. so, so much. So, I mean, as you said, I would be remiss not to ask you to kind of divulge as much as you're willing to about your gut health issues and you know sure. what what you found so fascinating with your research and, and with yourself. Yeah. So um, I, I think throughout childhood, I had always had like some like IBS type symptoms and then college happened and the combination of like staying out too late and not getting enough sleep and eating a bunch of junk food and drinking alcohol, being stressed, studying for exams, like just like that perfect storm happened. And those symptoms caught a whole lot of big surprise. Right. Um, and so, um, when I was like researching naturopathic medicine, that's kind of like when I came across the, like the principles of, of naturopathic medicine, um, and learned that like, it's really an emphasis on looking at people as whole people, um, not just a list of symptoms, but like really connecting all of the dots, trying to find the underlying root cause of the problem. Um, but then like recognizing that people and that health is really mind, body, spirit balance, that it's not just physical, like relief from physical symptoms, but it's also a focus on all of the other components that makes us human. Um, and the emphasis on, um, on prevention of future disease as well. Um, and so that, you know, like just seeing like, I think like all, like when you, if you read like the, the principles and like the philosophy of naturopathic medicine, like anyone who read that would be like, yeah, I, I want a doctor or I want a, a healthcare provider that looks, you know, for the, the least invasive treatment option and the most natural treatment option available first. And that's going to be focusing on prevention disease. Like everybody wants that. And so it was nothing like really you know, unique or profound or anything like that. It's profound in the fact that it's so simple and so obvious as to like the way that we should be approaching disease, I believe. So right. I mean, it's, it's not like you were like going against the grain and joining some cult that was like, I really believe <laughs> with these set of ideals. It's like you said, mo why yeah. wouldn't everybody be like, yeah, I want to feel as good as I possibly can feel, you know, it's, it's exactly. a, a brainer. But from the time that you, you know, recognized that and went to see a, a naturopath yourself, what was your, I guess, what was your experience with that? You know, just walking, I guess, walking, sure. what that looks like. 
Yeah. So um, I found a naturopathic doctor in Tucson, um, the same city where I was going to college. Um, and she a very long intake with me, which was like so different than what I was used to, you know, formerly, like I would be with like maybe the medical assistant for five, 10 minutes. And then the, I'd wait for a long time. And the doctor would come back into the room after keeping me waiting for a while. And they'd be there for like two minutes tops on their computer the whole time. And then hand me a prescription at the end of it barely asked me anything. Um, whereas when I saw the naturopathic doctor, like, I think, I don't remember exactly, but I feel like the first visit, she probably spent like an hour to an hour and a half with me, um, asked me questions that no doctor had ever asked me before, um, was really getting to know me as a person. And I just felt like finally, like somebody is like hearing me and actually is like trying to think outside of the box and get to like the root problem and, and come up with, you know, natural treatment options. And so, um, she, she prescribed, like she had me do, um, like some, some basic dietary changes. Um, I remember that she prescribed a homeopathic remedy for me, though. I don't remember which one it was. Um, and she also, one of the things that, that we did a lot of was acupuncture. So she actually referred me to the, um, one of the acupuncture schools that's down in Tucson. Um, and so I started going there a couple times a week and that was really, really, um, impactful and beneficial for me. So yeah, it was sort of like the combination of like all these different therapies that, that was helpful. And then at what point were you, I don't know if you would say, you know, it, it's solved, you know, it's back to normal because, you know, when we talked about it, that's, I'm assuming everyone's question is, okay, well, when am I going to be back to normal? And, you know, from our conversations, it's like, well, if you, if we find the right supplement, you know, that, that does take into consideration everything, you know, it could be a year to reset your system. If I'm explaining that right, does that sound yeah. accurate? So, I mean, it, it definitely varies from person to person. And that's one of like the other things that's really emphasized in naturopathic medicine is that every case is very individualized um, because everybody is unique. Right. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, it's going to take, depending on how long the problem is there, has been around and depending on like actually what the diagnosis is or what the, the root causes and honestly, like how willing the person is, um, to make some changes. Cause sometimes the changes that are necessary, um, aren't, are, are going to be diet and lifestyle. And those aren't always the easiest requests, um, for a doctor to make. Um, for their patient, just depending on how motivated that individual is and what resources they have and, and on. Um, but yeah, if you're super committed and you're willing to make dietary changes, I feel like the, especially when it got health, I feel like the, the reversal of some of that damage can be, you know, pretty quick depending on, on if it's like IBS versus irritable bowel disease, like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, those autoimmune conditions, that's going to be like a lifelong journey. Um, but for like, if you just have chronic constipation, that's a little bit of a, of a simpler, simpler thing, generally speaking. Yeah. And so that, that brings me to the question of really, you know, maybe not even so much gut health, but more broad, which is, you know, what, I guess if you had to say most people are coming to me or most people go to a naturopath for, you know, these three to five reasons, what, what would those be? So 
gut health is a, is a big one. Um, and I think part of that is because for so long, naturopathic doctors have been like kind of on the fringe in recognizing how valuable true gut health is to overall disease. And even before we knew that like so much of the immune system actually resides in the gut and like how the role of the microbiome that lives in the gut, like has like an incredibly influential role on our system and our immune function and our mind body connection and all of this. Um, like I know, like naturopathic doctors were always kind of like the crazy ones saying, Oh, but we need to get people, you know, eating good food and eliminating on a daily basis and, and all of that. Um, and so because we kind of had that reputation, I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, seek out naturopathic doctors for gut health issues, but gut health issues are just super common in our modern world as well. Like I think probably like two thirds to 75%, depending on what figure and what research you're looking at, um, like somewhere in the ballpark of like 66 to 75% of adult Americans have gut health issues. And so there's a good chance that anyone looking for um, a doctor, whether it's a naturopathic doctor or a conventional doc is gonna have some GI issues that they're wanting help with. Um, a common um, issues that I personally uh, see a lot of in practice are going to be thyroid um, or fatigue, endocrine disorders, um, endocrine dysfunction, uh, hormonal imbalances, mood disorders. But what's really interesting is that I feel like the majority of the time, at least, a lot of those other concerns, a lot of those other symptoms are in some way, it all comes back to the gut, right? Like, if you're, if you have dysbiosis, if your microbiome isn't what it should be like, yeah, you're more at risk for having an autoimmune condition. You're more at risk for having mental health disorder, all these things. So it all comes back to the gut. Yeah. I, and I do think it's, I mean, there's, there's magazine article, there's even magazines that are strictly dedicated to gut health. So I'm really glad that that's becoming more and more of a thing that we're, you know, the collective is aware of. Um, Absolutely. But with, with, you know, those, the gut health issues, right? What are your, I guess, what are your thoughts or what was taught um, in terms of, you know, I know I came to you being like, I'm sensitive to all the things. I am sensitive to dairy. I'm sensitive to sugar. And those two things are in just about everything. So, you know, I guess from a education perspective, what is taught or what is the belief on just simply being allergic to things and not being able to consume things versus, oh, you're, you are way off path. We need to get you back to regulation. Yes, you can, you shouldn't still just be eating cheese and sugar all the time, but you know, also maybe you shouldn't be freaking out if it gets in your food on accident, or if you want to have a cheese and cracker night with your friends and drink wine, like what, what is the belief system there? So I feel like that's a really loaded question. Um, and probably like if you were to ask five different naturopaths, you'd probably get five different responses because nutrition and diet are really emotional topics for people. Um, people like we all have like some sort of like emotional attachment to food and, and diet. Um, and personally, um, 
so let me back up before I go into like my personal, I would say like the kind of like the, the school of thought, so to speak, that, that I learned in naturopathic medical school was, um, to look at people as individuals always, and to assess, um, you know, look to see if any, if what they're eating is, is contributing to any of their symptoms, make those connections, you know, investigate for potential, um, uh, gut dysfunction, inflammation in the gut, um, and other things that contribute to increased gut permeability, meaning that you're more susceptible to now having, um, intolerances to food that you didn't used to have intolerances to, um, which is a little bit different than a, a true food allergy. Um, it's more of like a food sensitivity sort of, sort of picture. Um, but definitely decreased inflammation and restoring healthy function, um, of the gut and restoring like a healthy uh, mucosal layer to the gut to make sure that the foods that we're eating, we're actually able to like extract nutrition from and the nutrients from because our gut's operating properly. Um, and so that looks different for different people. Um, but then like more, like on a more personal uh, level, I would say I, when I'm talking about diet for patients, um, it's really important to me that I meet people where they're at. Um, mostly just to try to increase like compliance and, um, motivation for making dietary changes. Like ideally, I think that, you know, having a plant emphasized diet is probably the ideal picture for the vast majority of folks. Um, and it's also probably going to be really important because of climate change to continue to eat more, um, and have less reliance and dependence on, uh, conventional agriculturally, uh, produced animal products. Um, but you know, I, I do try to meet people where they're at and just get them to eat more fiber as, as much as we can do, um, start with baby steps if needed, um, have some patients that are like super highly motivated. Um, and I love working with them because then we can both dive all in, um, and just really get them as healthy as possible, as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I, it's, again, I, I really appreciated the, like you spelled out in the beginning, the extensive review and actually feeling like you're being heard. And I was, when I even scheduled the appointment and I was speaking with the, you know, receptionist, she said, you know, she'll, she'll probably be uh, like interviewing you for an hour to an hour and a half. And I was like, what? There's, that doesn't, that can't be true. Um, but really we dove into everything from, you know, breakouts to what, what your poop looks like, how frequently you go and my frequent urination and, um, you know, the weird ridges on my nails and all of the, the things and, and really being able to identify where that stems from. So, um, you know, with, like you said, most people, the majority of, of people do suffer from some sort of gut health or imbalance for someone who could be listening, they're like, how do I know if I'm unbalanced if they don't have the, you know, normal symptoms of like, oh, I'm constipated every day. What would you say? Yeah. Um, I, I love that question. Um, because I feel like there is such a disconnect for so many people. Um, there's such a lack of awareness of what's going on in their body, um, or a lack of of knowledge or awareness of like the mind body connection. And that like, when they feel maybe anxious, um, 
like that it's like something physically is going on as well, or maybe it's something physical that's like provoking that response or vice versa. Um, and so uh, no, 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 like on top of that, um, I feel like so many people um, in our society, um, and I think that there's a variety of reasons for this, but I feel like so many people are so prone to self-treat and um, like use over-the-counter products, whether they're natural or like actual like pharmaceutical over-the-counter pharmaceuticals that are available, but like self-treat symptoms that they're just used to dealing with and that they feel are maybe normal um, because so many people in their family suffer from the same thing or they've seen a thousand commercials for heartburn. And so they think that it's just normal to need to take um, antacids on a nightly basis sort of thing, or need to take laxatives to poop. Like it's, it, um, it's really amazing to me how many people self treat without even aware, like any awareness that they're doing that. Um, and I think that there's a lot of different signs and symptoms that show us um, different clues that the body isn't balanced and isn't like working in perfect harmony. And that's kind of how I like to view uh, symptoms to begin with is just clues that your own body is giving to you to kind of like express the, the disease or express its imbalance, so to speak. Um, and so like fatigue is of one that so many people struggle with and they just lose a really um, huge amount of caffeine to get through their day. And then at night they have trouble sleeping. And so then they need to take some sort of sleep aid and a lot of people will take Benadryl or something like that to fall asleep every single night, not being aware of the long-term harm that can be done um, and the, the different risks associated with using those, those products. Um, digestively, I feel like, and I guess like content warning for anyone who doesn't, uh, like talking about poop or is uncomfortable uh, talking about it. Uh, I talk about it with all of my patients, um, all day. So it doesn't bother me anymore, but, um, like I, I think people have really narrow definition of con of constipation. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are constipated without knowing it. And that's probably a really good sign or symptom or clue um, that people can use to kind of assess their overall gut health and at least get a, like, depending on what your poop looks like and how easy it is for you to have a bowel movement, I feel like that's such an important clue um, as to what your overall gut health is for people. Um, and so like people think that if you're not, um, you know, like constipation is only not going like single day or maybe every two or three days. But if you're straining and it's taking you like, like minutes to a half an hour or an hour to, to go to the bathroom, um, and to poop, like that's a problem. If your poop is not well-formed, that's a problem. Um, if it's painful and to poop, like consistently, right. Cause I think right. I, like, and I think that that's part of it too, is the um, you know, cause I, you're, I'm ticking off the boxes when you're saying it, I'm like, yep, I'm going, I'm, I'm, it's coming out regularly. There's no issue yep. with the regularity. but yeah, consistency. It's like, I never know what I'm going to get. I never know what I'm going to get. Yeah. Um, you know, I think right there, that's what we've talked about too, but that in and of itself, like you said, if it's, if it's not fully formed all the time, like, or with any sort of consistency, that's a problem. Right. Then, yeah. So, 
So yeah, I think that's just an important reminder. And, and just like we're talking about, just any sort of indication that we're off. And I really like the, the fact that you touched on anxiety, um, you know, in the in the mental space that, you know, poor gut health can can, you know, seep into all of it because like you said, we it is all connected. So, you know, it's Definitely. not just a, oh, I have anxiety or oh yeah, I just get tired at two o'clock every day. And so I need to get a Red Bull or a five hour energy or whatever the case. And then of course I'm tired at night. So yeah, I need to get that Benadryl in or, you know, whatever it is. Um, like you said, I think it really just is part of the society, the, fa the fabric of what our beliefs are now, which is like, yeah, if you have this cool, there's, there's a fix for everything. You don't need to worry, but you don't have to change your lifestyle. Just go and take this pill and you'll be fine. Yeah. And not yeah. realizing everything that it's impacting for future us. Um, so, you know, I guess I, that's, that's perfectly said in terms of how to identify that. Um, and what I'm not going to get into the medical reasons or the, like the political reasons of why something isn't, isn't more, uh, you know, promoted, I suppose. Would you say then maybe the majority of people just, it's because they are not seeing it because this isn't in their face. They don't even know that it's an option to kind of reset or not have to do these things like ignorance is bliss type thing. Yeah. I think, um, if people, and it, it is very generational, um, is part of it. Um, and so I do feel like millennials and Gen Zers are far more open and interested in integrative medicine, um, quote, alternative medicine, um, naturopathic medicine, that sort of thing, self-care. Like there's just like, we're kind of like, I feel like those generations are to a degree kind of rejecting um, a lot of dogma and a lot of um, parts of our society um, that are just not serving people and our planet. And, um, and so that's part of it. Um, but to kind of answer your question as to like why people may not um, seek out naturopathic medicine, if they're aware of it and it's not just a complete ignorance thing or a, or a financial aspect, um, is I think one um, part is that for a lot of people, they have a misunderstanding um, of what naturopathic medicine is and what naturopathic doctors do and what our training consists of. And part of that stems from the fact that there are people out there who have done online programs and they're able to call themselves a naturopath, um, but they're not licensed naturopathic doctors. And um, so like their training with this online program can be weeks to months long, whereas my training was seven years by the time you factor in um, medical school plus three years of residency. Um, and so like that's an enormous difference just based on time um, and, and the amount of material that you're able to cover. Um, and I think some people really just want a quick fix or not. They just want a pill to make them feel better. And they will say that they want to work with a naturopath. They want like a natural pill to make them feel better instantly, but they're not willing to do any of the work. And those people don't stick around, unfortunately, very long because they, for whatever reason, they just don't either have the support system or the ability at that point in their life to, to make those changes that, that they need to. Yeah. And so if you, if you don't mind just talking about what that is um, when you do prescribe something and what, you know, obviously we talked about dietary expectations and, you know, if we're 
smoking a pack of cigarettes and eating McDonald's every day, um, anything that you're just, yeah, you're prescribing or that someone's taking is not going to counteract that or, you know, cancel it out. So, you know, but let's say for the, the patient, we'll use me, who's like, I'm serious. I want to do this. I will make the changes. I'll do the, whatever it is. Or let's say the person, you know, who is already doing all the things right, but is still struggling. Um, you know, what, what do you prescribe? Because that was one of my questions. I'm like, am I going to be drinking a tea? Am I going to be having acute? What, am, what are they getting into? Yeah. So I will say that that answer will vary from naturopathic doctor to naturopathic doctor. Um, a lot of my colleagues um, rely heavily on supplements or do a ton of acupuncture or do a lot of IV therapy, um, um, do a lot of physical medicine or of IVs or anything like that. So for me, like I can only speak obviously about my own experience and my own practice, but um, I mentioned earlier, uh, homeopathy, that's one of the therapies that I have a lot of additional, um, specialty training in. And I really love that particular system of medicine because it works so gently in bringing about balance and restoring health, um, to the body naturally in like a very safe way. Um, so that's a treatment that I use for a lot of my patients. Um, I also use a lot of botanical medicine and a lot of uh, nutritional lifestyle counseling if and when needed. Um, and so those are, those are kind of like my, my go-to treatments for most people. And for you guys listening there, the um, supplements that, that you prescribed or that you know, are prescribed by some naturopathic um, specialists or doc, naturopathic doctors, not specialists, um, they're like three, do they all do that? The three little pills, the little white pills. That oh, the home. Yeah. The homeopathic. Yeah. Sorry. I cut you off. Um, so the homeopathic medicines, um, are the way that I dispense them. And that I think is like most commonly dispensed by ethic doctors is, um, in a little glass vial or plastic vial. And then the medicines themselves are tiny little sugar pellets that has the medicine, um, put it around or inside the pellet. Um, and the way that I was trained was just to, to have people dissolve like two to three in their mouth a day. Typically, um, it, it can vary, uh, obviously, but typically it's like two to three a, a day. So, yeah. And you said you have, you know, there's uh, thousands that you could be prescribing to someone, right? So yeah. for someone who's, let's say sensitive to dairy, it's not like, okay, cool. Here's sulfur. You're going to be fine. Everyone who's sensitive to dairy will go take this sulfur. And, you know, I think that's part of the uh, confusion too, where it's like, oh, you were Devin's on this. Cool. Let me go, let me go get me some sulfur and I'll be all, I'll be all good. It's, it's the incorporation of all of the things for me. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, with homeopathic medicine, like part of that prescription process is to like look at the what's called like the totality of the case or like all of the the problems the symptoms the signs the clues uh, that the patient is spring from uh, or struggling with and to to use all of that those like clues and bits of information to find one individual medicine and so the like exactly you said there's not usually like a go-to guaranteed fit for a particular ailment that will universally work across the board. So it's a, it, it's a tricky process um, because of that. Which is funny. I mean, even as we're talking about this and I'm thinking of, you know, the other side on, on the medical side, um, it's 
how there does actually tend to be a, oh, I'm in pain or I have this, here's an opiate, will block all of the receptors in your brain and you won't feel the pain regardless of what it is. Um, so here's that. So I just, the, the polarity there is, is, is not lost on me. Um, but the, the last point that I wanted to really touch on, you know, for those who, let's say, let's say just can't afford to see a naturopath, um, that they're interested, they want to really focus on their, on their health, um, you know, any sort of general, I guess, adjustments uh, that they could make or just dietary, uh, let's say, tell me all the things to do. I want to change my diet. Obviously, everyone is different. Everyone has their individual sensitivities. But, you know, from a, a zoomed out perspective, in addition to the being more plant based and incorporating that more, you know, what I know I asked the question about spring water versus purified or any sort of other water. I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but that's kind of where I'm going with this is just from, you know, what can you tell people? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like disclaimer, like obviously um, I'm licensed doctor, but for all of your listeners, I'm not their doctor. So like, this is not specific medical advice um, for any one individual, but generally speaking, I feel like things like quote unquote, simple things that people can do to live healthier uh, lives. Um, I mean, definitely making sure that you're getting lots of fruits and vegetables and plant material in your diet. Um, fiber is so, so, so important, um, for a variety of reasons for optimal gut health and, um, just wellness in general. Um, and most Americans do not get even close to how much is needed. And so I do really think that, um, people starting to, to focus more on getting a variety of fruits and vegetables as their source of all of the vitamin minerals, antioxidants, phytochemicals. Um, I think if people shifted just that, it would have huge effects on how they feel physically, emotionally, how well they're sleeping, how balanced their hormones are, um, just that alone. Um, I also really, really think that most Americans are um, not getting enough sleep and not getting quality sleep. And that it's just not something that is prioritized at all in our society. Um, you know, we almost like pride ourselves on the fact that oh, I'm so productive and I only got three hours of sleep last night. Like I gold star for me, I'm the, the, the best at my company because I'm sacrificing myself, you know, for, for the good of the corporation sort of mentality. Um, and I, there's so many chronic diseases that are connected to chronic sleep deprivation. Um, Alzheimer's is a big one. And, um, and so I just think that like, if people don't have the money to, to see a naturopathic doctor, like if they could just make changes in what they're eating, how much sleep they're getting and the quality of that sleep, um, not using Benadryl to fall asleep, for example, um, that they would over time start to feel a lot better, um, just from those, those small changes, um, to answer your question about water. It, I feel like in the past, I absolutely would have answered that yes, spring water that's so rich in really beneficial minerals, um, is definitely the way to go. 
But the unfortunate reality is that because of climate change, like our water sources are just becoming more and more toxic and polluted. And there's so many chemicals um, that end in our, our water supply that just cannot be removed um, without purification systems. Um, I'm not a big proponent of RO water. Um, it strips out the all the stuff that we don't want along with all the things that we do, like the minerals. Um, and it's really wasteful. Um, so from like an environmental perspective, it's, it's not a, a, my preferred system, um, but using some sort of like a purification system that has small impact on the environment, but that is leaving the minerals in that we want um, for, for uh, our body um, is the, is probably the best way to go. Um, but that is also removing the chemicals and the heavy metals and all the other crap that's unfortunately getting into our, our streams and rivers and all of that. Yeah. It, it extremely terrifying and unfortunate. And yeah, the, the levels in which, you know, the government will approve something like who knows, you know, I know there's shortages, uh, there's water shortages in, in different states and areas across the world. And, you know, who knows what goes on behind the scenes in terms of what is acceptable to consume for the, you know, human American for anyone really. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm sure a, a slippery slope, but with that, that, I know I said my last question, but that kind of triggered something in terms of adding in, you know, I, I know I, yeah. I have a lot of friends that add in minerals yep. into the water or let's say, okay, cool. I take a, a fiber pill or a zinc pill, magnesium pill, this pill. Mm -hmm. Are your, what are your thoughts on, let's say somebody isn't getting enough fiber, but they take a fiber pill. Um, just adding that type of stuff in. So, I mean, if you're just somebody who absolutely hands down refuses to eat a vegetable because you've just never learned to, to like, eat them or uh, like expanded your, your palate as you became older, then, I mean, yeah, use a greens powder and take a fiber supplement. It's not my preferred method. I would so much rather people eat their nutrients and eat their fiber than take it in supplemental form, but you know, do what you got to do. And if you're drinking, like I mentioned RO water, but if you're definitely, if you're drinking reverse osmosis water, you need to be adding electrolytes back in because it's pulling all of that out. And if you're eating a standard American diet, you're already going to be deficient in a lot of key nutrients, minerals, salts, um, not sodium, of course, but like other important minerals, um, like magnesium and that sort of thing. And so if you're also on top of it, drinking RO water, then you're definitely going to become depleted um, or deficient in certain in certain minerals for sure. And I'm I'm glad to hear that you know the thought isn't oh no 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 stay away from stay away from those because yeah there are some times where it's like I'm just not going to get my fiber in today. I'm just I know that whether it's through your traveling your whatever the case is, knowing that that is an option, not the preferred sure. method, but an option not like, oh no, in the naturopathic world, you don't do that is, is certainly positive. Um, so I kind of, I guess I want to just give the floor to you if you have anything else uh, you want to add. Yeah, I don't, I feel like we kind of touched on everything that we had previously planned on, on discussing. Yeah, yeah I feel like you covered it. Uh, beautiful. And are you accepting new patients? 
I am. Yeah. So I am licensed in California and Arizona. So for for California patients, um, I don't have a practice there locally. So I do everything over telemedicine um, or phone. So yeah. And then Arizona, they have the option to do in-person or telemedicine, whatever is convenient and comfortable for them. Okay. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, I think we, I think we covered everything and I, I really do feel like very pleased and even myself where I'm like you, we've been working together and I'm, I'm learning new things and creating that grocery list in my head. So I, I really do. I really appreciate your time and I can't wait to, to share this. It's, uh, all things go well. It should go out on Sunday. Cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. It's really fun to do. Uh, Yeah. I'll see you for my next appointment soon. Okay. Sounds good. Have a good evening, Devin. Bye.